Growing Up, our brand new resource for churches and parents is out now. Woohoo! With Sunday school sessions, training videos, podcast episodes for parents and one for the whole family. All there to help our children navigate the confusion, filter the messages they're surrounded by and hear God's good story. All our Growing Up resources point to the Heavenly Father who loves our children even more than we do and has the answer to their biggest questions about who they are and how to live. Together, as families and churches, we can support each other to start good conversations about bodies, gender and marriage so our children can grow up hearing God's good story. Head over to the website faithinkids.org and find out all the details about growing up. Just seeing the different ways that people prayed in scripture, I mean, the emotions that are there, the longings that are there, the suffering that is included, the questions that are asked. And so if you can just take some time, and again, remember you have 18 years, you know, you have a long time, you don't have to cover all the prayers in one night, um, but take some time and build that into some routines of things that you discuss and talk about for kids to see a more robust view. Hello, this is the Faith in Kids podcast. This is one of those that's just for the parents. We call that Faith in Parents. I'm Ed. I'm the director of Faith in Kids. Uh, Say hello, Amy. Hello, Ed. (laughs) You get a bit of both of us today uh, because we're joined by Laura. Laura, just tell us, tell us everything about you. Where are you? How'd you come to be there? Tell us about a bit about what you do during the day and a bit about what you do in the evenings. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me here today. This is a joy to be on the show. I love your guys' mission. I love what you stand for. So I know that we have kindred spirits and kindred hearts. So it's just even been fun to talk to you guys off air. But um, yes, my name is Laura Whiffler. I am a wife to Mike and a mom to three kiddos, Eli, Colette, and Eden. I am located in central Iowa. Most people probably will not know where that is in the United (laughs) States. We are almost in the dead center. We're kind of near Chicago. That's usually what we tell people, um, which it's still like a seven hour drive, but it'll give you in the middle. That's good. (laughs) In the middle of the United States. We're landlocked. We have no, uh, no great oceans or rivers or lakes around us at all. Uh, we grow corn or we're called the bread basket, things like that. Good. And Laura, tell us if, if you walk out your front door or back door or, you know, what do you see? Yes, that's a great question. So we're surrounded on three sides by woods, which I love. It is such a joy, but we also live in a cul-de-sac. So we have neighbors, but we live on a little over an acre of land. And it's just so fun. I see a million kids, actually, usually when I look out my windows, lots of kids. It's a great place to raise children. So really love that. And Laura, there is a ministry that 
you started with your relative and it's gone quite well since then. Will you tell us a bit about that? Absolutely. Yes. I run Risen Motherhood. It is a nonprofit ministry that simply our hope and desire is to bring gospel hope to moms around the world. So as you noted, I started that with my sister-in-law, Emily Jensen, and we began it uh, a little over five years ago, coming up on six years. And it was really born out of our own personal need and the things that we were seeing in our lives of saying, Hey, I'm a Christian, but like, why does that matter to my life? Why does it matter to my motherhood? And we were actually talking about the always interesting topic of potty training, you know, and we were, we were talking through, you know, why do I sometimes get angry whenever my kids don't make it to the potty? Or why do, um, why do I feel, feel all of these feelings? And what does the God have anything to say about potty training? This really mundane, boring, kind of gross thing that we have to do. Does God say anything about it? And that is honestly, uh, you know, the question that propelled risen motherhood, um, as silly as it can be, but I love that. Yeah. It, it was just something that. where we were like, we need hope. We need help. I have... <laughs> so as a mom who's been there and I was quite disappointed that I didn't get some sort of trophy for, for potty training for kids, but, um, I, it didn't inspire me to start a ministry. <laughs> like, so like hats off to you and your sister-in-law, um, <laughs> So Risen Motherhood is really, I'm a fan. I'm trying not to be an embarrassing fan today, <laughs> but it's really about encouraging, encouraging mums. But tell me a little bit about the encouraging mums in their own faith. And like, to me, that's, that's the beautiful difference between what we're, we are trying to do at Faithy Kids and what you are trying to do with Risen Motherhood is you're trying to change, help encourage the mum's heart first so that they can be the support for their kids. Is that right? Tell me more about that. Absolutely. Yeah. I think when we think about Risen Motherhood, a lot of times people want practical tips and tricks to help their children grow in their faith, which is totally understandable. We're looking for those two and and we do share those things. But what I have come to learn, even just personally in my own motherhood, is that the best thing that I can give my children is a life that is sold out for Christ and that I model that for my kids. And there is a, a duplication effect or there's a, a multiplication that happens where it just it flows out of you as a mom. And there are even studies that talk about um, if a mom is loving God, that there is a, a higher likelihood then of that child then following God later in their mm-hmm. years. And and mm-hmm. same with fathers, right? There are huge, um, it, it's a huge increase in that chance of that child someday following the Lord. And so we really focus on a mom's personal relationship with God and just her understanding how the gospel changes her daily life, because that will naturally flow into the rhythms that you have with your children. And they're going to see the beauty of Jesus as you go about your regular days. So how can we drip feed that into our lives mm. as mums? How you know, there's often not a great time to go off and sit quietly and read and study and do. So how can that happen? Yeah, well, I think that that's one of those things that can really depend on your own unique circumstances, right? We know that the Bible is true for all people for all of time. And I think what we happens with us as moms is we often get really caught up in saying like, we have this, you know, picture perfect image of what a good Christian mom does. And, you know, she plays CDs of, of scripture in her car. And then she does crafts off of Pinterest with yarn and popsicles of Joseph's coat. And we have yeah, all of yeah. these ideas that we've kind of she cobbled together. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You're a baker, all these things. Yeah, yeah. And in reality, that 
none of those things are what define us as Christian moms. And the Bible's call to moms is, is really clear, and it's actually far more straightforward than maybe we like to think, or it just seems like we almost want to overcomplicate it. We feel like it must mm-hmm. be difficult. But honestly, God's call to moms is just to be faithful to His commandments. It's it's Deuteronomy 6, right? Talking about God when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. And so if we focus on these things, if we focus on these things, it, it actually simplifies things quite a bit more to say, okay, I don't have to have dad on a guitar at night in order to feel like my kids are going to be, you know, faithful Christians growing up. Instead, we can say, all right, let me look at my day. You know, am I a single mom? Am I a divorced mom? Do I have two kids? Do I have 12 kids? Do I work? Do I not? You can take those things and you can say, okay, I don't have to look like these other moms, but instead, like we were saying, we can naturally weave this into our daily lives. So this might mean Mostly, to be honest, it means conversations with our children mm-hmm. and the ways mm-hmm. that we frame things with them. So, um, it, it, and it's input into mom's life that becomes output into our children's lives. So as a mom for me, I'm often just thinking, okay, how do I get God's word into my heart? How do I spend time in prayer? How do I um, play worship music in the small moments? Maybe I leave my Bible out on the countertop so that I can check it quick during the day because I didn't have time for a full quiet time that day. Um, maybe it's writing scripture and putting it up on a mirror and just reminding myself of the promises of God. And as those things are in our lives, they come out in those conversations. And you can trust that as yeah. a believer, you have the Holy Spirit in your heart, you know, and the Holy yes. Spirit will help you have eyes to see moments where you can share the gospel, have eyes to see times where you can implant small truths into your kids' hearts and, and to not, um, not make it into some ethereal, complicated thing, but instead let's be normal and natural and talk about God. Like, like he's just a regular part of your life. And I think if you really just focus on loving God, like, we talk about the things that we love. Think about it. Like yeah. if you, you know, find a new drink that you love and you're like, oh, you really need to try this new, this new pop or soda, you know, or this new drink, you're going to hey, tell juice. your friends <laughs> or juice. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Or coffee, whatever it is. But <laughs> naturally, you know, humans are inclined to say, I have good news. I want to tell you about this great thing. And so if you really believe that the gospel is good news and you really begin to understand it, you're going to naturally pass that on to your children. Laura, uh, I don't mean to patronize you, but it it sounds beautiful. (laughs) It sounds beautiful and compelling. (laughs) And and, uh, your, your podcasts do a great job. I want to commend the Risen Motherhood podcast to all our listeners. And look, uh, there must be some dad there must be some dads out there, Laura, who listen to it too. It's really good for washing up to. Really good. That's right. <laughs> Laura, I'm I'm yet I'm yet to meet the Christian parent. I'm yet to meet the parent who says, I'm smashing this. Mm-hmm. Um you know that I have met the parents who say parenthood is to be enjoyed. It it is an adventure to to have fun with. I, I occasionally meet those parents. You've, you've just excellently said it's an overflow of your heart. It's a gushing. It's, it's passing on what you know to be true. Could you just say a word for those who are nervous that perhaps what you're talking about is for the well-trained mothers. It's for the well-taught mothers. It's, it's for that 10% of churches who grew up in a Christian home and a, I don't know, somehow in the church leadership team or close to it. 
Um, can you have a word for those mothers who are just nervous that to talk about Jesus requires a level of knowledge they don't feel is theirs? Oh, man. Absolutely. I, I will say that I have even felt this, particularly when my children were really young and I had not practiced this or spoken in this way before. It it feels very scary, genuinely. And I so I sim I just really resonate with that and I understand that. And I would encourage them in a couple of ways. And the first is to remember that the little years are not the lost years. And so what I mean by that is that just because you have young children at home or you were not raised in a Christian home, perhaps you're a first generation Christian, um, or you are not able to afford all of the resources that it seems like other parents have, that there is nothing that hinders you from growing in your knowledge and love of God. And in fact, I would almost say that it is a wonderful time of your life to say this this is my goal. This is my aim that this is so important that I am going to spend time towards it. And it doesn't mean you're giving it a half an hour of deep study every day or three hours of deep study, but it means these little deposits that you can make. Maybe it's again, the verse on the mirror. It's, um, you know, whatever your Sunday school class with your kids is doing is, is checking out that and having conversations about it. Maybe it's, uh, setting aside a couple hours on a Saturday morning to say, I want to just read God's word over and over and not even necessarily study it in a super deep way, but just getting in the word. As you get that under your skin, there are things happening. And I think that it's much like, um, I remember when I began working out for the first time, and I literally mean first time like a couple years ago. So I had gone 30 years plus of my life not working out. And it, it had not ever really stuck for me because I would always go zero to 60. I would be like, okay, I'm going to run five miles <laughs> or whatever. But instead I was like, okay, I'm just going to go for a walk today. Like I'm just going to walk. And, and what it grew into was much more, but it was over the course of years. And so don't underestimate just like, just like with working out and kind of growing in it almost in an unnoticed way, right? In a way that you, I didn't even realize that I was gaining strength or that I was gaining endurance. The same can happen as we spend time in God's word. And just to say, I'm going to make small little deposits and maybe begin by just reading one book of the Bible over and over and over again. There's nothing wrong with that. I saying, I'm going to stay in the book of James. James, I'm going to get that under my skin. And you have the Holy Spirit in you, like we talked about, that is working in you, that is, is seeing things that you have not seen before. He's revealing truth to you. And so trust that that Holy Spirit that is working in you will, will, um, will give you eyes to see and will give you words to speak and will give you thoughts. I will tell you, I have been amazed by the number of times when I've said, I've uttered a short prayer right before, or I'm sorry, right after my children asked me a difficult question. And I've just said, <laughs> Lord, help me, you know, Father, give me words. And it doesn't come out perfectly. It doesn't always come out in a way that's like, you know, I would want it said on this podcast, perhaps, but I can also trust that the Holy Spirit is working in my children's heart. And so they can receive that in a way that is is helpful to them and is edifying for them. And so I think that there is sort of this work that we do companioned with the work of the spirit. And, and we can trust both of those things and be faithful in those things. Laura, can I ask, um, it's striking as I listen to your podcast, that what I hear is perhaps you think that some things are being learned and understood through motherhood that you wouldn't have got otherwise. Is that true? 
Yeah. What is it about motherhood that that you think takes you to a place mm. with the Lord that maybe you wouldn't have got to otherwise? Mm. Oh, man. Yeah, motherhood brings you to your knees. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Amen, I, sister. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, I, I, I suppose I want to... I, I do want to say I think that the Lord will work out the truths that he wants in your lives no matter what, right? Mother or not, the, there is sanctification for all of us. But there is and does seem to be something unique that when you enter into motherhood perhaps for the very first time in your life, you feel really weak and you feel really uh, behind. You feel like you're lost and you don't know what to do. And I think for a lot of women, you know, prior to that, they had maybe been high achievers or they had felt like they, they kind of understood and could wrap their arms around things, but motherhood will leave you lost. And I think in that season, what is actually really exciting about that is that what the Lord is doing is he is just stripping away all of the idols in your life. And he is slowly taking away any pillar that you were staking your life upon, toppling those things and saying, okay, like, are you going to trust in me to be your all, to be completely sufficient for you? And so I think that motherhood takes away some of those blinders that can naturally cover our eyes. And it it forces us to say, I can trust in nothing because this sleep training method failed me. That education system isn't working. You know, I don't know what food to give my kids anymore. What's healthy? What's not? You know, what do I do about all these doctor's appointments or surgery? And we, we, we have suffering, right? We have hard things that we face. And you just realize that you cannot stake your hope in anything other than the solid ground of the gospel. And so for me personally, and I think for many, many mothers, I think that's what we discover is that we can't, we can no longer rely on our own human efforts, but we see that God is faithful and we start to see over time his fingerprints and handiwork in our lives. And, and he becomes, he becomes all to us because we have nothing left. I, I think, amen. <laughs> also, I think yeah. for me, as a mom, as an adopted mom who who had who had written a discipline policy with my husband mm. before our kids arrived, like we were prepared, we thought we were ready, and um, yeah, we had to learn that we weren't. But I think also in terms of sharing your faith with your children, I felt um, that my faith, I had the faith, and they needed the faith, mm. and and I think learning that it was an adventure we were on together so that when I let them in and we talked together about um, what we're struggling with here, what don't we know here, that I wasn't supposed to be the finished article that told them the answers. We were supposed to be on this journey together and that I could say to them, I don't know, what do you think? And let's find out together. And tell me from your perspective, what are you struggling with? What don't you understand? Oh, this is interesting. Let's talk. Let's think. Let's chat. And the minute it wasn't a, this is a test that mom is seeing what we know, that opens up. So as we walk to school, they can ask me a question and I, I don't say what the answer is. I say, well, what do you think? How could we get there? What do we believe? What do you think the Bible says? What about Jesus? How does faith make a difference to that? So just all those kinds that that just opening up to thinking this is about a, an adventure of faith together that we're mm-hmm. sharing. Yeah. Um, and I think we're going to come on to talk a little bit more about praying together. And I think that's something that's that I learned 
to try and do the most powerful lesson my kids ever had on prayer was when I was crying in a car (laughs) that I couldn't park and asked them to pray for me that just that moment of of saying we pray in the in the the difficult time it wasn't just a lesson that I told them that that's what we did they saw it happen Laura tell us you have just written a book uh that is uh is out now uh on prayer it's 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 for children uh just tell us a bit about that book who it's for Laura who you had in mind as you wrote it yes of course um yeah so it's called anytime any place any prayer And as you noted, it's for children. And honestly, it just walks through the gospel story of what prayer has looked like since since God first created humanity all the way to what we have hope to look forward to in the future when we will meet God again face to face. Laura, you took on the whole Bible. (laughs) (laughs) You went for the whole Bible. I love that. <laughs> That's right. No problems there. You know, I can I can do it. <laughs> it. It really was, though, such a joy to think. I, I, what happened was I was thinking about um, Adam and Eve. And if, if prayer is just simply talking with God, right? That's what prayer is. I was like, wow, Adam and Eve prayed. And that struck me because I had never really thought about it in that way. I had always thought, well, they talked, we pray. Mm-hmm. And this idea though, that like talking with God has looked different throughout the, the whole, the redemptive story. But at the same time, like it's still that relationship. It's still a love relationship with the God of the universe. And there are actually reasons why we don't talk with God face to face any longer. There are reasons why prayer is hard. There is a reason why prayer can even feel boring. And, you know, being a mom to three kids, I was seeing some of their questions firsthand. They were asking a lot of questions. There was a night when my husband said, okay, who wants to pray? And my oldest goes, not mom. She prays too long. (laughs) 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 And and so I just realized like, oh, that's so, you know, that's hilarious. But it's also just interesting that like, we to some people it feels like we're talking too long to the god of the universe and there's a reason right but if there wasn't that sin if there wasn't that diff, that distance that we have from god now because of our sin actually we would enjoy talking with him all of the time and that's something we get to look forward to down the road so i really wanted to kind of think through those things for kids and help them see that god has always made a way for his people to talk with him and that prayer doesn't have to be boring it doesn't have to be something that we kind of dread or don't really want to do but instead it's an enormous privilege and that they would discover kind of what i have found which is that prayer is a beautiful gift I wish more books on prayer included the the, the line ninja moves. <laughs> <laughs> That's in there, by the way. D- direct quote from one of my children. <laughs> Laura, the, uh, I think it's a common question I get asked, which is how do you get your children to pray? How can children pray? Where do you start? What's the process? What's the secret? This book helps us with that. And you, your story just helps us with that. The first answer is it's a conversation with someone who loves you very much, but you can't escape the fact that for children, they can't see the person they're talking to. So can you walk us through some something of what you've learned about this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, teaching your kids to pray, I think this is actually the most frequently asked question that we received at Risen Motherhood for a long time, um, because I think parents really do want to know, how do I do this? And what I would encourage 
all parents to just remember is that it is by grace we are saved and there, and it is by grace that we pray. And so we can remember that whenever we're trying to teach our children and I think it can feel like, oh, they're just praying for the napkins, you know, or they're just praying for everything that they see around the table. They're praying for the lamps or, you know, oh, they just don't want to pray. Or they tell me that my prayers are boring, you know, and all of those things. <laughs> we can get kind of hung up and feel like the things that they're saying and the things that they're doing, well, those must be evidences of their faith and where it's at and what they're going to turn out to be like and, you know, whether they're not going to whether they're going to love God or not. And we, we can start to put a lot of pressure on prayer and feel like it's sort of a thermostat of whether our children are going to grow up and love Jesus. <laughs> and what I would encourage parents to remember that number one, it comes through modeling, right? Our own lives. If they see mom and dad living a life of prayer, that those take root and those things they remember and a, a in many, many years from now, you are teaching them some of those rhythms, some of the patterns of what it looks like to be a true believer. But then also, whenever it comes down to, to being with your children and teaching them to pray, it's just offering them a lot of opportunities to talk with the Lord. And maybe one day they don't take you up on it. That's okay. I, I mean, personally, my parenting tends to be a little bit of like, hey, don't freak out about stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, give them the chances. Help explain what prayer is. Study scripture. Memorize scripture to give them the language of prayer. I mean, if you think about a really young kid, prayer is kind of complicated. You got to fold your hands. You got to close your eyes. You got to say, dear God. You got to say, amen. It can feel kind of overwhelming for a child. So if as parents, we're even doing this as a young age and they're, they're learning some of those, uh, you know, of course we don't have to close our eyes. We don't have to fold our hands, but they're learning some of the typical things that we do when we pray. Then later it might not be so scary. It might not feel so overwhelming for them. So even just giving them some of the patterns that prayer looks like, maybe study um, what prayer is, you know, study Matthew six, the Lord's prayer. I included the Lord's prayer in the book so that children could see that Jesus did in fact teach us to pray. The disciples asked to be taught to pray. And so take, take a week, study mm-hmm. that prayer and talk about what are some of the things that, that God tells us that we can pray for. And those give your kids more confidence, right? And it helps them to say when they're ready, um, and, and perhaps it will be sort of a seasonal thing as they grow and mature, but then they will have what they need to be able, I think, to pray someday down the road in a more regular way. My kids, when they were that bit littler, prayer was the chance to have the microphone at the dinner Ooh. table. And that your siblings had to listen to you. So that was where a lot of the, the listing of the things around the table just yes. carried on because I've got the microphone and you all have to listen. Um, and then it became the, the review of the day so that, you know, let That's me right. tell you everything about my day. Um, and I, and I, think, I think that's, that's been a, a great process, but it's then trying to get them to step beyond the who are we talking to mm-hmm. Um, and, and and how are we asking him to help? And how is this then actually about our hearts? So that what are we asking him to change in us? And that prayer isn't just about thank you for this dinner. Yes. Or thank you. Or, or here is my shopping list. Mm-hmm. But it's about talking through those things that that we're that we're struggling with, that we want help with, that we're mm-hmm. learning about. That's just trying to open up that that conversation. Have you got any? help um for how to get it beyond let's just pray for things and food <laughs> yes oh my goodness well 
I would definitely say, like you were saying, I think when they're really young, don't freak out about the napkins, you know, or whatever it is they're praying about. Let that just take its natural course. And if, if you want to talk to your child about perhaps a more robust view of prayer, always wait until there it's sort of a neutral time. Right. So I think Mm -hmm. I can find myself as a mom kind of being like, Oh, you know, kiddo, will you pray? And and don't make it a list, you know, make sure that you pray as if God's your friend and they wouldn't want to hear the same things over and over, you know, or whatever it is. And that's kind of what my natural (laughs) tendency I want to do. But I think saying, okay, let that, let that roll. Don't embarrass them. Don't make prayer something that they're going to become anxiety filled about. But -hmm. instead, you know, maybe it's on a walk the next day and saying, you know, one thing I love about prayer you know, it's just this chance to talk to God as if he's my friend, almost like the way I would talk with you and, and talking about the emotions. And so finding a neutral space, basically with anything in parenting, I think is typically, you know, a better idea. Um, and then another thing kind of like we were talking about is looking and studying the prayers in scripture and mm-hmm. just seeing the different ways that people prayed in scripture, I mean, the emotions that are there, the longings that are there, the suffering that is included, the questions that are asked. And so if you can just take some time, and again, remember you have 18 years, you know, you have a long time. You don't have to cover all the prayers in one night, um, but take some time and build that into some routines of things that you discuss yeah. and talk about for kids to see a more robust view. I do remember my friend telling me, about her four-year-old daughter really upset because um, she just wouldn't take prayer seriously and she didn't keep her eyes closed. (laughs) We got to laugh about it to say, this is your heart and passion, that you're desperate for your child to have this relationship with God. It isn't hinged on whether her eyes are open or closed or not while you're saying, thank you for my Krispies. (laughs) There's a thing, isn't there, um, as adults, and I'm I'm going to say, perhaps particularly as parents, which is, prayer is one of the few times when we demonstrate when we realise we don't have the answer. The thing you were saying earlier that parenthood introduces the uh, the impotence, the lack of the answers, the lack of the knowledge of the future, the lack of the ability to fix your kids' problems, um, and I as a parent. You, I, you, you have to make peace, or sorry, you have to think through, are you willing to make peace with the fact? Are you willing to pray in front of your children and admit you don't know the answer? You don't know how it's going to work out. I, I think I particularly see that uh, in praying with my daughter about a problem in her life was it feels like a big risk yeah. to say, you know, Lord, we're, we're out. We're, we're, we're out. Yeah. We've got nothing. Mm-hmm. We've got no tool to get out the cupboard for this one. You, you you have to turn up. Yeah. You know, as a parent, you're, it's much easier to pray the sun comes up tomorrow or can we have a good rest? Because you're, you're secretly pretty confident the Lord will hear that prayer tonight. Mm-hmm. How, how um, Have you wondered, Laura, about the honesty in prayer, whether mm-hmm. you let your kids into that and how you let your kids into that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll admit that I tend to be a fairly open mom in the sense of, I, I do share a lot with my children and I do tell them where I'm at and I've cried in front of them. I don't hide things from them. I let them see real emotions as we have progressed through life and just faced hard things. And I think that it is 
actually a real gift that you can give your children is to allow them to see some of the days where you're in the dark and when you're lost, because someday your child's going to go through the same thing. And it might be sooner than you think, you know, it doesn't necessarily even mean when they're an adult and it, it may be sooner. And so I think that there's a real gift when you can show faith, even in the face of doubt, when you can offer up your questions and show your child that God is big enough to handle these questions. He is big enough to handle the emotions that you're experiencing, that God is not scared away or you're not unworthy to come to him, but that because of Christ, like you can come anytime to the throne of grace. And so that is such a a gift to be able to give your children, I think, so that they can see that even for the youngest, when they're scared in the middle of the night and for the older kids, whenever they're starting to face and have questions about their faith. Or I remember when I was 18, one of my closest friends died who, um, in a car accident, you know, just a peer of mine. And that was one of the first times that I thought, Lord, why would I pray to a God that does that? You know? And so some of those questions your kids are going to face and offering that example to them, I think will be a real source of hope. The the knowledge that you can pray anywhere is also massive. Mm. So I think for kids to learn that we don't that prayer is not confined to the dinner table yes. and the bed just before you go to sleep. That you know, God, that anytime, anywhere. The whole like mm-hmm. I'm having a struggle in school. I'm feeling afraid. I'm feeling worried. Who do I turn to? I turn to God because He actually understands and has the power to help me by His Spirit. He gives me lots of other things too, but. That that is my you know, reflex response. That mm-hmm. that's something we want to grow in our kids, and I want to grow in my own heart too. That you know, I, I'm not looking to how can I fix it. That first, my you know, that 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 reflex response is built in us. That we pray, we go to our Father first, yeah. um, who loves us and and helps us. And so that's why I love that that anytime, anywhere. But also, I think for us. Now, as we're starting back to schools with our kids, those anxieties and worries, you're going somewhere mm-hmm. where I can't go. God is with you and you can talk to him and mm-hmm. he can do something mm-hmm. about it and help you. Or is there a, um, can you just say a bit about motherhood includes those moments when your child, you know, very young, even in the womb, can't can't speak, um, can't be understood, uh, you know, even you know, can't hear. Uh, it, it might be for some parents, they're thinking, you know, let's let's wait till our our children are answering and listening and praying out loud before we pray with them. How did did you work this out earlier than that? I would say that no matter when you find out that you're going to become a parent, it is a perfect time to begin to pray. And prayer is just one of those things that I think. Um, will always be beneficial, will always be helpful. And I often think about when children are really, really little, when they're, when they're first infants, um, just the amazing amount of development that's going on in their little minds and their little hearts. And even at that age, it is not too young to begin praying over them and speaking truths over them. And I remember I had a mom and I was, I was feeling very overwhelmed about, you know, what truth do I instill first into my children? And I was really overcomplicating things. Let's be real. But I remember her just saying, just pick one thing and just repeat that over and over to your child, like help that to be something that they, they do get under skin. But just if you're feeling overwhelmed, don't feel like you have to give them the whole Bible all at once. 
And so I have a daughter with special needs. Uh, she is now almost four uh, next week, I think. And uh, she is mostly nonverbal. She's just starting to speak. And so I really can deeply th- resonate with this of thinking like, oh, is prayer, like, does she really need to pray? Or like, what would it look like for her to pray or different things like that? And what we've done is really focus on telling her God made you, God loves you, and God is kind to you. And just three truths that if she believes those things, will truly, I mean, anyone believes those things, it will transform your life forever. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that just as your child is really small, I mean, pray the big prayers over them. Pray all of the things, all of your hopes and dreams. Give them to God and verbally pray it out loud. Pray them in your mind. Pray them with your hand on your belly, all of those things. But also just know that as they grow older, you can teach them and instill in them deep truths. And it's so fun to see my daughter, who again is now almost four, and I will say, God loves you. God made you. God, and she'll say kind. That's the only word she'll say, but she knows kind. I know. Do you just lose it? (laughs) But it is such a joy to me to think that I don't know how much she understands of that. I don't, I don't know, but I do know that those things are true for her. And that I think that as, as she can instill those things into her own life in whatever way that looks like, maybe a very, very simple way, those things will be a comfort for her someday as well. And so don't underestimate, I think, the things that you are repeating and, and saying over your child and praying for them because God is working even when you can't see the movement. Hmm. Although I'm tempted to, I'm not about to tell people what not to pray. But I do want to say that those three (laughs) things you pray with your daughter sound a heap better than some of the things we could end up praying for our kids. Sure. That, For instance, on wedding days, when uh, the father of the bride tells me what he's been praying for, I do find myself thinking. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. Maybe I'll just find myself thinking, I wish wish he'd just just prayed those three things. Yeah, Yeah, those three. It would all be a heap better. That 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 may not make it into the final cut, but I like your three a lot, Laura. I like your three a lot. But God is doing a work in our heart, Ed, so we are allowed to tell him, even if our prayers yeah. are off whack, because then he just says, okay, thanks for telling me. Yeah, You're still yeah. a work in progress. That is absolutely true. <laughs> if it is the overflow of our heart, Lord, give my daughter the largest house in Christendom, then yeah, the, yeah. Lord, the Lord is willing to let you say that out loud. He, he is. is willing. You can he say is. It. Because he's kind. He is kind. Right. He oh, is kind. I'm, very gracious. Look, I'm really pleased we had this conversation. I feel like I've worked through a few issues here. <laughs> Laura, thanks for sharing that. That is precious. It is precious. Uh, I think I think we forgot Ed that we're in a podcast and we're we're just having therapy. <laughs> it happens. It happens often in my podcasts. I try not to flag it like Sorry. this is the one where you know this is the one where Ed learnt, but it does often feel that way. <laughs> Laura, uh, we're coming to the end. Just tell us for those of you who are, who, are, who are new to risen motherhood, what do we find there? Uh, how do we access it? Where, where should we start? Sure. Yeah. Risen Motherhood, you can find all of our stuff at risenmotherhood.com. So very straightforward. And we're at Risen Motherhood on the social media platforms. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, So come find us there. We also have a podcast, Risen Motherhood on Apple Podcasts. Our book is called Risen Motherhood. We're very creative with titles, if you can't tell, but you know, (laughs) keeping it easy, keeping it easy for everybody. So Risen Motherhood, just Google it and I'm sure you'll find it. 
And um, on this on this book that you've written for children, what is your prayer? What would you hope families would find when they read this together? Oh my goodness. My hope and prayer for this book is that children would truly discover the beauty of prayer, that they would say, hey, this is something that I want to do. This is exciting and fun. And that it would also explain to them some of those moments where perhaps it's not so fun, perhaps it's not so exciting, but that they would say, ah, I understand why. And I know that I have a future hope to look forward to someday when I see God face to face and I get to pray with him in that way someday. So I hope it gives them a rich theology and understanding of what prayer is. But most of all, just that they would say, hey, this is something that I want to do. Thank you, Laura. Amen. Amen. Exactly. (laughs) Amy, do we have do we have anything? Have you got any bursting questions before we ask Laura to pray to finish? None of them that are related to this, to, to what we need to talk about right now. <laughs> In that case, Laura, will you pray for our listeners as they keep on trying to work out how parenting works? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all of the listeners on the other side of the airwaves here, Lord. I pray for each and every one of the mothers and fathers who are listening to this, Lord, that you would just give them encouragement today to pray for themselves, to, to pray for the own, their own desires of their hearts, of bringing everything that they care about, all of their anxieties and their sorrows and their sufferings and their joys to you. And Lord, that they would then extend that onto their children and encourage them and teach them what it looks like to live a life of prayer. Lord, we thank you for the privilege it is to get to speak to you, the God of the universe who is so holy, so powerful, so mighty. Thank you for sending us Jesus, your son, to die on the cross and to rise again, defeating death so that we may have communion with you. We just give you this day, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Laura, it's been an absolute privilege. Thanks, guys. Thank you for your time, Laura. Bye. Goodbye. (laughs) 